the Breast of Everything podcast. I'm your host today, Dr. Eric Brown, a breast surgical oncologist. In honor of Breastfeeding Month, we continue our focus on breastfeeding, lactation, and how it impacts both screening and cancer detection, as well as cancer treatment. Today, we're going to focus on the treatment of breast cancer in women who are pregnant and or are breastfeeding. The goal of today's podcast is to provide some information regarding the delivery of optimal care of breastfeeding women as it relates to breast cancer, as well as survivorship. As was discussed in my last podcast, shared decision-making is extremely important in any type of cancer management. Patients and their cancer doctors need to have informed discussions regarding treatment options, as well as the best way to manage a particular breast cancer or long-term follow-up. Keep in mind that every breast cancer is different and needs to be handled in a multidisciplinary manner. Multidisciplinary involves both surgical oncologists, medical oncologists, as well as radiation oncologists. As we discussed in the previous podcasts, new breast findings, including breast lumps or image findings that require biopsy, should not let the fact that a woman is pregnant or breastfeeding interfere with obtaining a tissue diagnosis. First, we should talk just a little bit about the types of oncologic breast surgical procedures. The definition of a mastectomy is removal of greater than 95% of the breast tissue. A simple mastectomy removes, in addition to breast parenchyma or tissue, the nipple areolar complex. When breast surgical oncologists think of simple mastectomy, we think of women who do not desire breast reconstruction. A skin-sparing simple mastectomy removes the breast parenchyma or tissue, as well as the nipple areolar complex. However, there is significant preservation of the skin envelope, which allows for good cosmetic reconstruction. A nipple-sparing mastectomy once again removes the breast parenchyma or tissue, but there is preservation of the nipple areolar complex and skin for a slightly better reconstructive alternative. Needless to say, when you remove greater than 95% of the breast tissue, the ability to breastfeed in that particular breast has been lost. Another surgical option is referred to as a lumpectomy. Some refer to this as partial mastectomy or breast-conserving surgery. This procedure removes a portion of the breast tissue, that which contains the malignancy, as well as a margin of healthy tissue surrounding the cancer. Women who undergo breast conservation will often receive post-lumpectomy radiation. Radiation is contraindicated in women who are pregnant. Sometimes, the timing of surgical intervention would allow for breast conservation in pregnant women. Typically, there is a delay of about four to six weeks after lumpectomy is performed before radiation would start. 
So, if a woman is in the later part of the third trimester, lumpectomy is an option, as radiation would not begin until after her delivery. Under just the right circumstances, it can be safe to delay the initiation of radiation even beyond the typical four to six weeks. Again, the decision to pursue breast conservation in a pregnant woman is a decision that is shared, shared between the patient, her surgical oncologist, and the radiation oncologist. With regards to mastectomy, the decision to pursue breast reconstruction is another shared decision. It is most typical that women diagnosed with breast cancer during pregnancy are considered high risk, and we engage the involvement of a physician who specializes in high-risk pregnancies, which this would become. These maternal-fetal medicine physicians are paramount to good, informed, shared decision-making. Breast reconstruction does add a little bit of time to the surgical procedure. Is it safe to keep a pregnant woman under anesthesia? Absolutely. However, adding additional time for reconstruction that could safely be delayed would be a decision that would have to engage all of the care providers. For the most part, surgical options for women who are pregnant are quite similar to those who are not. The only difference would be a woman diagnosed with breast cancer very early in her pregnancy. Again, to be clear, breast radiation therapy is contraindicated in women who are pregnant. But what about chemotherapy? Can chemotherapy be safely given to a woman who is pregnant? The answer is yes. There are times when women diagnosed with breast cancer are treated with chemotherapy before surgery, called neoadjuvant chemotherapy. The same drugs at the same dosages have been proven safe in women who are pregnant. However, this is not true in women who are breastfeeding. The medications used to eradicate breast cancer are highly toxic and have been shown to transfer into the milk. The half-life of a drug is the time it takes for the amount of a drug's active substance in your body to reduce by one half. Chemotherapeutic agents also have half-lives because they're drugs. Typically, the serum half-life, or the amount of drug in your bloodstream, is typically anywhere between a few hours to a few days. Chemotherapy regimens are given in what's called a cycle. In other words, a treatment is given on one day, and the next treatment might not be given for two or three weeks. Most chemotherapeutic agents, therefore, will be undetectable in the blood or in the breast milk of a breastfeeding patient. Therefore, most of the drugs used in the treatment of breast cancer have recommended minimum waiting periods between drug administration and breastfeeding. The recommended waiting period typically are in terms of days rather than weeks. So discarding the milk during that waiting period and then resuming breastfeeding 
would be completely safe. Again, what drugs are used to treat specific breast cancers differs from cancer to cancer. This is a conversation that should be had between the medical oncologist who specializes in chemotherapy and certainly a lactation specialist if they are involved. Nursing mothers who are scheduled for chemotherapy, again, should discuss the duration of breastfeeding, the timing of weaning, and the drugs that are used with their medical oncologist. Some women may decide to pump and plan to return to breastfeeding after completion of their course of treatment. Some may find, however, that the baby may lose interest in breastfeeding after not being offered a breast over that period of time. And certainly, what cannot go without being mentioned, chemotherapy is tough, and patients may or may not maintain their same enthusiasm with regards to breastfeeding while they undergo this treatment. We only want to suggest that the option does remain even during the administration of chemotherapy. Some women have breast cancers that express hormone receptors, specifically estrogen and progesterone. This is to suggest that those hormones stimulate cancer growth. Treatment of these cancers typically involves the use of anti-estrogen medication. These medications are typically prescribed for 5 to 10 years. Tamoxifen and drugs called aromatase inhibitors are contraindicated during pregnancy. The lactational safety of tamoxifen is unknown. Aromatase inhibitors may impact estrogen metabolism in the infant, and therefore, breastfeeding is contraindicated. For the last few minutes, I'd like to touch a little bit about long-term consequences of breast cancer treatment and breastfeeding. First and foremost, the safety of becoming pregnant after treatment also needs to be discussed with the patient's medical and surgical oncology team. As I mentioned earlier, some of the therapies for breast cancer can last as long as 5 to 10 years, specifically anti-estrogen medication. As I'm sure anyone would imagine, it is not uncommon for young women to want to get pregnant again. Years after their breast cancer treatment, the question of safety certainly arises. Again, shared decision-making is absolutely important. Discussion with the medical oncologist as to the risks and benefits of pregnancy is paramount to making that critical decision. There is high-level evidence suggesting that stopping anti-estrogen therapy for even prolonged periods of time, is safe. The question is, when can this be accomplished? One year, two year, three year after treatment? This needs to be a decision that is discussed in great detail before moving forward with attempting to become pregnant. As I mentioned earlier, when a woman is pregnant, anti-estrogen therapy is contraindicated it will impact fetal development. So after all that, what if a patient becomes pregnant? What is the impact of prior treatments on their ability to breastfeed? Certainly having mastectomy does eliminate 
this possibility. Many women, however, undergo unilateral or one-sided mastectomy, leaving a completely normal and functioning opposite breast. It is very safe to pursue breastfeeding in this situation, keeping in mind all of the implications we discussed earlier in the podcast as it relates to treatment and the need to discard breast milk. Women who have had radiation to the breast may have a diminished milk production on that side. Long term, there is no contraindication to breastfeed, but understand that close monitoring of the baby's weight is important. There just simply may not be enough milk produced in lieu of the damage to normal healthy tissue that we see with radiation therapy. In fact, Women who undergo chemotherapy may also have a reduction in milk production in both breasts. Once again, careful monitoring of the baby's weight is very important, certainly for those interested in the health benefits of breastfeeding. There are donor milk options available. These can supplement milk production when the amount of milk produced is reduced, or certainly take the place of breastfeeding in women who have had mastectomy. Finally, there's a couple of myths I'd like to dispel. First of all, there is no scientific evidence that infants refuse to feed from a cancerous breast. There is no clinical research to indicate that a baby can catch cancer from nursing on an affected breast. There is also no evidence suggesting that breastfeeding increases the risk of breast cancer recurrence. It is certainly our hope that further research will produce evidence as to the safety and perhaps benefits of breastfeeding in women who are undergoing treatment and in women who have had treatment in the past. Only time will tell. Again, I want to emphasize the importance of shared decision-making. Discuss options and risks with your cancer providers. Find out what is the best treatment option for you and your baby. You can find additional information on this topic at the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine at bfmed.org or the United States Lactation Consultant Association at www.uslca.org. Thank you for joining me. If you have any additional suggestions for topics for podcasts, please do not hesitate to reach out. Again, I'm Dr. Eric Brown, a breast surgical oncologist, and this was the Breast of Everything podcast. Until next time.